Flexmuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mood enhancement, motivation, putting your mind at ease, harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques, here's your host, Brian Cunningham. And welcome to another episode of Quantum Physiques here on RxMuscle.com, where we take going deeper to a whole new level. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. I'm joined by my wonderful and beautiful Jeff, the producer. Hey, Jeff. How do you, <laughs> Jeff, how do you feel today, buddy? <laughs> I feel uh, pretty amazing, actually. I, I have no idea what it is. I feel accomplished. Uh, I, I I feel really good today, to be honest. That's awesome. That's good to hear, man, because today's show is all about feelings. And now, just so you guys know, this is not like Barbara Streisand feelings nothing more this is fucking bon scott talking about guys and girls is the fact that feelings and emotions are such a key for so many things in our, in our lives actually and unfortunately most of us don't want to tune in jeff get this i was just doing a demo this past weekend actually a local vitamin store you know i have a product for stress and anxiety and uh hanging out with stephen baldwin again stephen baldwin as you know is a big fan of my gabachol for stress hanging out talking to him and some older guy comes up and starts talking to me and he goes, oh, I don't have any stress. I'm retired right now, you know? And I'm like, wow, it's really cool because, you know, old guys, as they get older, they get more grouchy. They get more stressed out, right? And he goes, no, not me. I was stressed out my whole life. I had a really crazy job and I was stressed out, but now I'm on top of the world. And I'm like, you know, I wish you could talk to my dad because my dad is so stressed out now that he's older and stuff. You know, his testosterone levels have gone down and that makes men more irritable. He's like, give me his number. I'll talk to him. I'm, I'm a really good person for talking to people, you know? Jeff, I come to realize from the, the nutritionist there and the guy's wife, the guy has cancer and he's so miserable and unhappy and he's like dying of cancer. And I'm like, holy shit, how can people be so out of touch with their feelings, buddy? You know, it's just, it's so shocking to me that people thinking, there's bad habits are proof that you're not in control of your life, right? I mean, listen, I think women and bodybuilders are actually blessed and cursed because like women, bodybuilders are, are more in touch with how they feel. You know, Jeff, I've always been about how we, we are gifted because we have to feel into a movement, like stiff-legged deadlifts as an example, right? You got to kind of feel into that actually, you know? And also, Jeff, as you know, bodybuilders really, we, we have a lot of pain. Dieting is fucking painful, man. It really is. There's nothing as painful as having to starve yourself, as we all know, right? So, and women also have a higher pain threshold. Get that. They have a higher pain threshold than men, and they're also more emotional, meaning they're, they're in a sense more tuned into their feelings and yet women and bodybuilders are also just as clueless as regular men are when it comes to taking the next step unfortunately they have this gift i think women are blessed in the sense with that in that emotional intuition or whatever and i think athletes and bodybuilders too in a sense are blessed because we've already taken the first baby step into that dimension and yet for most of us we don't use these these tools as a way to get out of our problems you know yeah, yeah, that's you know, it's a it's an interesting uh, thing to like think about when you know when I when I go to the gym, and actually for like you know the longest time I wasn't really in the moment. I was I was more concerned about where I was going to end up, and uh, you know again just just as simple as doing like a bicep curl and being able to be in the moment and like feel the bicep and 
and you're and you're essentially, I guess, meditating and 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 like you're really focusing on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And then the second totally. you leave the gym, you never like apply that to any other area of like your life because you're so focused on exactly. that bicep and on that growth. Oh, my God, dude, seriously. And just so you know, listen to the audience, the word meditation, I don't like to use that word because it has a certain negative connotation. Let's use the word focus as an example. Okay. It's a really good word because, you know, Jeff, you have to say focus is a very male energetic type of thing. Get this, buddy. I was reading somewhere, some guy wrote a book recently about how there's different energies about like when you read a book, you have to focus and that activates beta waves in the brain and that's a very masculine type of, of, of thing and you know men are very focused they're very one-dimensional about i'm going to pierce through life right? i'm going to penetrate this world and i'm going to accomplish my mission right that, that's how men kind of are and watching tv and these other things they activate these other waves these theta waves that are more feminine in nature they kind of uh, make you very relaxed and, and laid back and as you know we've, we've both said jeff that we think society in a sense is being kind of like feminized right testosterone is being demonized um people don't read books anymore they watch fucking kim kardashian on tv who just got divorced now can you believe that <laughs> i mean it's just it's ridiculous but in a sense you can see that you know there is something about the word focus buddy that's what meditation is it's it's taking back the masculine in a sense the ability to focus on one thing and to be very present with that activity actually you know it's a great point you brought up there you know yeah, and uh, you know it's funny you you bring up this uh, Kim Kardashian stuff, right? And we're and we're and we're both pretty much people who like to, I guess, kind of kind of not focus so much on the superficial. And yet, uh, I, I I go and I log on, and and all I'm seeing all over any any internet outlet, whether it be AOL, Yahoo, uh, MSN, I gotta be force fed this garbage about Kim Kardashian. Look, I think she's. Uh, I, you know, I think she's fine in terms of her looks. You know, I, I, I wish her the best in life, but I really don't care about what she does either way. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I wanted to go search for creatine monohydrate. And yet yeah. somehow I'm getting 15 pop-ups about Kim Kardashian. So, yeah. you know, to like to, to even make an effort to focus now, I think, is, is kind of uh, restricted as well. It is. It is. And obviously, I have a problem focusing, as you know, Jeff, because I'm always going off on tangents here. But it's more so because I just have so much I want to share with the listening audience because Jeff just put up a really good thing today on a side note for nutrition-wise. Jeff, creatine really is a pretty miraculous nutrient, isn't it? I mean, we were just, you and I both were perusing the Mayo Clinic's website about how amazing creatine is. I, I couldn't believe that I you know what I was reading on the Mayo Clinic and uh, they actually went down a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of things that you know all of us will eventually either go through or know someone who has and I yeah. noticed that it has a lot of cardioprotective benefits which which yeah. I had no idea about and also a lot of um, a lot of benefits to cognitive function which I That's had no right. idea about. I have to give Will Brink credit. He wrote about that a long time ago that it actually is uh, it's a nootropic because it may even enhance cognitive thinking in a sense that could stop some of the degeneration that goes on as people get older. So it is something to, to consider there. And uh, also, Jeff, on the topic of nutrition, we're going to do a quick 30-second uh, blip on it. Glutamine, there's a great topic on the forum about glutamine. And you know people were saying how there's no science behind how glutamine really benefits. And some of these guys were saying, listen, all I know is that when I use it, I love it. I don't feel sore. When I'm not using it, I feel sore. And so what I postulate, I actually put, put on the thread and someone else actually said, yes, it makes a lot of sense, is that if people have a, a compromised immune system or a challenged immune system, um, the glutamine actually helps to ameliorate that or mitigate that, such that 
of course, as you know, Jeff, the, the anabolic cascade is immune-mediated, of course. Inflammation is an immune-modulated phenomenon in the body, and glutamine, by helping to, in a sense, uh, maximize the integrity of the immune system, probably allows the body then to repartition its energy reserves into healing um, you know, neuromuscular or musculoskeletal damage and stuff. So I think that there may be some really good benefits to glutamine that really hasn't been illuminated yet by the science. I think a lot of the focus on uh, glutamine, obviously, early on was, uh, you know, especially during the metrics days, was why why was glutamine used? And, you know, uh, Dr. Scott Connolly used it specifically because in a cascade of amino acids, um, when, when used in a precise amounts with certain other macronutrients and other minerals and whatever else he put into that uh, particular product, it was it was aiding in like the fat burning process. And what it, and and. What he said recently on on an episode of, uh, I, I believe it was Heavy Muscle Radio, is that too much glutamine can actually make you fat. What he was talking about was in the cascade of what he was trying to create. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people then shied away from glutamine, at least those of which who, who heard Dr. Connolly and what he said. But when I, I did check out the post that you're talking about. I always check out the post on rxmuscle.com. And uh, I, was, I was reading through the thread. I, I, I think that efficacy is, is probably the best proof in the world. I used to take glutamine um, actually religiously along with creatine. And I, I think I probably got up to about maybe, maybe even 10 grams a day. And I would take it uh, post-workout. And I felt it always helped in my recovery. And I just stopped because I ran out of it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, after yeah. I see a post like this, I was I was looking into both glutamine and creatine, you know, just just to do a little in, independent research, as I like to call it, and I found a lot more benefits than just you know, again, fat burning or muscle building. I, I, you know, glutamine is is actually essentially a great, I guess I guess healing compound if if, yes. if used properly. Exactly. And just like I want this show to be a great healing show for the listeners, I also want them to realize, Jeff, that they have loved ones around them, parents, uh, you know, significant others that can also benefit from this show. And glutamine can help them as well, just so you know, because Jeff, like you said, everybody out there is in some way challenged with altered GI tract function, I think, in a sense. And glutamine is a great, most of the glutamine, as you know, Jeff, is taken up by the GI tract, actually. So it really is something that everybody can benefit from. It's dirt cheap. And uh, as far as the nutrition segment, I definitely want to leave off with saying that glutamine and creatine are two things that everybody, not just athletes and bodybuilders, everybody should look into. Now, Jeff, I want to get back to Bon Scott. And um, I, I just, I'm a big fan of Bon Scott, ACDC, of course. Um, that, that segment there, Problem Child. Jeff, as you know, Bon Scott died of alcohol poisoning. He drank himself to death. Amy Whitehouse, the, um, what do you call it, came out, coroner's report came out this week, buddy. She died from alcohol poisoning. Uh, a friend of mine just committed suicide last week, just took a gun and shot herself. And wow. believe it or not, suicide, as we know, is one of the top 10 causes of death, you know? And so the thing is, you know, and I'm kind of wondering about this, but I don't have an answer, but you know, we all, I think you probably would agree, Jeff, that to some degree, somebody who chooses to eat comfort and junk food to self-medicate gets diabetes, gets fat, dies of cancer, heart disease. I mean, in a sense, couldn't you make the argument they were kind of self-medicating and kind of, in a sense, committing suicide? I mean, or, or am I really off uh, on a tangent here at all? No, I think that you're, you know, I think you're following an interesting pathway. I mean, you know, I see how you can come to that conclusion. I, you know, I think the self-medicating aspect, I, I, I can 100%, you know, agree with you. I think that people, uh, you know, are very aware of what, of what certain foods do to them, uh, whether it be, um, you know, in terms of uh, what kind of effects it has to their heart, well, um, you know, in terms of obesity, in terms of just how they feel in general. And uh, Deal. knowing, the word. Yeah. you know, 
Right. And, and, and like they, they just, they just put that aside because they wanted it, you know, that immediate gratification. And, you know, I think we've also touched about that on like earlier shows. Then it's that, it's that instant gratification that goes away even faster than what you got it. And then you're in this vicious cycle of kind of, you know, uh, satisfying yourself. And then you have to recuperate because you ate too much and you feel like a fat pig and probably become one. Then you go to sleep and the next day you have this, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to do things totally different. And the second you hit the brick wall because you're not living in the moment, you're not focused, you're not, you're not in choosing touch to. touch with your feelings, exactly. Right, right. You're not, you're not in touch with your, with your feelings, essentially. And you go back right to that vicious cycle of not caring. And I, you know, now that I'm speaking out loud, I, I could definitely see how that could lead someone to uh, believe that there's no other solution other than to take their life. Yeah. Or in a sense, in a sense to take it over. I mean, listen, it's kind of funny how like, you know, some people tell me today, Brian, what you're saying doesn't make any sense because like Bon Scott or Amy Winehouse, they were happy. They were partying. And so a lot of these rockers, man, they're all like having a good time and they just want to feel great. So they're always, you know, you know, chicks, I, I, chicks I, I, I have to, high, but I have to, I have to like cut you off there because, you know, because I, 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 it always, it always angers me when, when like, when like people come back, when, you know, you try to make a point about like Amy Winehouse or, or like, you know, uh, you, you know, the, the ACDC Bob guy, Scott, yeah. the, right, right. These, these, these people, okay. We, we are seeing a, a, a 10 minute glimpse in, into their life. We're seeing them on stage. The same thing with any kind of professional athlete. We're seeing them on the court. We have no idea what they yeah. do when they go home. We have no idea what they're really feeling. We have no idea what they're thinking. We don't know anything about their relationships. All we know is that they have, you know, we we perceive them as having a lot of money, and you know, the the majority of us equate a lot of money with a lot of happiness, happiness. and we know that that's complete bullshit. That's complete BS. Yeah, exactly. And I think you made a good point. And I was going to actually get onto that next thing is that we're always chasing a feeling, buddy. And most of us, honestly, are running away from our feelings. I wake up in the morning. I don't want to feel tired. It feels like death to me. So what do I do? I run for the coffee, right? Then late at night sometimes, I'm so amped up and wired, I can't fall asleep. I need to fall asleep. So I'm popping an Ambien or some kind of a sleeping pill or something like that. So it seems like most of us are, in a sense, are running away from how we're feeling. We're not really stopping and tuning in because really the process of kind of coming back down to earth and getting grounded and not running off on a tangent where you want to commit suicide or overdose on pills is really just being present to how you feel and saying, you know what? This ain't so bad. I I can deal with this, man. I'm feeling tired. I'm going to stay feeling tired for a little while and I'm not going to reach for the coffee. Now, I know it sounds kind of silly because most people think coffee is not that big of a deal, but for me, that's one of my challenges is giving up my coffee addiction as an example, you know? And um, I think part of what we need to do, Jeff, is to kind of stop and tune in to how we feel. And it's kind of funny how a lot of guys, especially as we just discussed before, you know, we're just so clueless, man, because society has brainwashed men to think that you're a pussy if you don't, if you don't not have a, have a hard edge, right? If you don't have big armor, big muscles, big guns, and, and you know, you can't show how you feel in a sense because that's being weak. And yet you're paying for it whether you realize it or not, Jeff, right? You know, because like someone said, well, they were happy, man. But I'm like, I'm just thinking, Jeff, for a second, wait, if someone's really happy, why would they? Why would anybody seriously? Why would anybody be so stupid that to, they would actually drink themselves to death? I mean, there is a stupidity there, right? There is, in a sense, Jeff, um, uh, a lack of awareness, a lack of uh, consciousness, a lack of presence that you could actually drink yourself to death, or you could actually take 
too many pills, or you could actually overeat and get fat and get diabetic and get heart disease and cancer. There is, is in a sense, a lack of intellectual capacity. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe these people might have, you know, PhDs in economics, or they may be medical doctors. But you have to understand, there's a lack of some type of intelligence. There's a characteristic of intelligence. I call it spiritual intelligence. It says, you know what, my body, the machine in my body, is telling me to keep going. But I realize if I keep going, I'm going to like tear something, either my fucking GI tract or my muscles or, you know what I'm saying, buddy? There is, in a sense, a stupidity there that really ends up, I think it's, it's almost like a subconscious death wish to some degree. Yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that, you know, all of us have kind of experienced that in our life, right? Where, where like, you know, everything is going a certain way and, you know, it just, it just feels easier to not, to not, to not do anything, to like not To not care. tune in. Exactly. Yeah. To tune out. Now, until to you. tune out. Exactly. Right. Until until you get hit with like you know a nice little piece of reality that hey guess what uh, you know other people are depending on you or if you do this you're not just gonna you know hurt yourself you're gonna hurt a lot more people or if you do this you're not gonna be able to wake up and do all these other things that you felt so happy doing I, you know you're right people people just completely tune out and I think actually it's it's probably not stupidity which is the word I think you're looking for but. Um, I, I think it's like, you know, a lack of caring, which eventually turns into this like depression. And, you know, you have to be aware, I think, not only of, you know, your own feelings, but of those others around you, really, in order to really be in touch, I think, with yourself. You need to yeah. you need to kind of bond with at least, you know, the people in your in your circle in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Good well, point well made, actually. And, uh, you know, Jeff, I want to leave off before we go to our break. Just uh, one thing about the show is that, of course, we always integrate aspects of quantum physics. And I want people to realize that, you know, this is not just for um, people like us that are intellectuals. You can actually, my point here being that you don't need to be a smart person to appreciate quantum physics. You can well, actually. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm proof of that, Brian. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> But, you know, Jeff, seriously, you can actually feel quantum physics. Again, the theme tonight is feeling. And this isn't something you need like a PhD in to understand. You can actually feel quantum physics. It's the very fabric of your being. Now, let me just give you some simple examples, actually. Um, on a macro scale, meaning a large scale, you know, a, a, the physics level, uh, we have gravity. Everybody can feel gravity, of course. That's why weights feel heavy. Um, there's another uh, phenomenon called entropy, Jeff, which is a measure of the amount of chaos or disorder in a system. The aging process, right? Right? is entropy. The fact that shit always falls apart, right? Why is my life a, a constant mess? You can thank entropy for that because it's harder to keep things together. It's easier for things to fall apart. And that's why in a sense, you know, life seems to always fall apart, you know? But get this, buddy. Smell. Scientists now think that smell is actually a, a quantum, uh, happening on a quantum level because they can't figure out how so few receptors in the nose can pick up so many different smells, and so somehow they're thinking there's a quantum mechanical effect going on. So anytime you guys smell anything that, that smells really good, there's quantum mechanics. Get this, buddy. Also, energy. I mean, if you think about it, Jeff, this is pretty cool. We eat light. We actually eat light, right? Because the photons, which are light, are coming down, hitting the plants, and they're creating then, in a sense, the energy is getting transferred from the light into the electrons in the plant, which then begins the process of photosynthesis, which, of course, makes um, glucose in the plants, I guess, or starch, which the cows eat, and we eat the cows, of course, and I up the food chain. But they're <laughs> saying now that, that, get this, that the way the thing happens, the way the whole photosynthetic process happens 
they can't understand it. They're thinking actually that, that electrons are actually in two or three places at once. There's a quantum mechanical effect going on where these electrons are actually like in, in multidimensional places or, or multi, I guess, multi-locations. And there's a protein shield. Get this, because they can't recreate this in the lab, but somehow evolution over the four past 20 billion years has created these proteins that can actually shield this process from the outside disturbances and allow this quantum mechanical magic to happen, actually. So it's pretty cool how, like, you know, this, when you're eating food, you can realize there's quantum mechanics, right? Now, of course, Jeff, you know when you're on your iPhone chatting with me and telling me that I'm late for the show, that's quantum mechanics too because that <laughs> runs all of our technology in a sense. The, the high-tech stuff is based on quantum physics, you know? No, so it's I, pretty I, cool I, stuff. It's, it's, it's actually amazing stuff. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And you know, for those of you who aren't you know, as uh, intellectual as uh, we are, you can go outside in the sun and sniff a plant and you can take care yeah. of everything that Brian just said. Yeah. Speaking of sniffing plants, I just got to make one last point about last week's show, Jeff. We were talking about the um, how no one's in control. Remember, that was a great topic, a great discussion we had about the bees and the flowers and who's choosing who, remember? Sure. And then the, uh, the people on the grass. And I guess the point was about how um, the lines between species or individuals blur when you realize that genes are kind of dancing together, right? And you don't really know. Is it the flower choosing the bee or the bee choosing the flower? Or was it the grass choosing people to come out and be more safe? Or did we actually cultivate grass in a sense. So I think what happens we're realizing here is that it's not just survival of the fittest. We see that actually it's more survival of the most cooperative, right? It's like it's individuals and species that can develop more symbiotic relationships with people and individuals and species around them that are actually going to survive better. And so in a sense, it's a shift from the me to the we. And I thought that was a pretty important point to, uh, to, to mention. Listen, we have a, an amazing guest coming up. Jeff, let's take a quick break and we'll come back to our guest. This is Quantum Physiques here on RxMuscle.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick break. Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, body, and spirit. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com, the newest and hottest supplement super site. We carry all the major brands, including Species, MHP, BPI, BSN, Optimal Nutrition, Gaspari, and many more. Low on cash? No problem. ExtremeFitNutrition.com offers competitive prices that our competitors can't beat. Now you can supplement your diet without having to supplement your bank account. Here's some of our specials. Buy $100 worth of Species products or metabolic nutrition and get a free t-shirt and bag. Buy two. $200 worth of BSN products and receive a BSN t-shirt and shaker bottle. Check out ExtremeFitNutrition.com for more great deals. Visit us at the 2011 Olympia Expo. Stop by booth number 322 and meet IFBB pros Bethany Wagner, Guy's sister Nino, Tiana Gonzalez, and Gina Trociano. Remember, there's only one extreme. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com now. Gear is a powerful new line of nutraceutical products that prepare, optimize, and repair your body to get the best results before, during, and after your workout. Gear utilizes the latest advances in food science and the purest form of raw ingredients to ensure that you are getting the safest and most effective physical results possible. If you're looking to take your physical performance to the next level, Gear is the answer to obtain and sustain those results. It's time to experience the difference with Gear. This is IFBB Pro Michael Libertori from T. Gear. Come see me in the full line of gear products at our official launch taking place at the MPC Nationals in South Beach, Miami, November 18th, 2011. See you there. Are you tired all day, not making the gains you like? Are you taking a long time to recuperate from your workouts? Then you may be suffering from sleep apnea and not even know it. 
Sleep apnea affects over 68% of athletes and it may be interfering with your performance. WinningEdgeSleep.com was developed by IFBB pro athlete Dr. Derling Castro to help athletes find out if they have this problem and how to fix it. WinningEdgeSleep.com because sleep is the most anabolic agent there is. WinningEdgeSleep.com. Visit them today. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel full hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com. That's HydrolyzeUltra.com. P28 High Protein Bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 High Protein Bread. P28 High Protein Bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P28. Order today at highproteinbread.com. P28 is also now available at bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now. Highproteinbread.com. P28 bread. RX Muscle approved. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise, up to the minute news, and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows, including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, Rx Muscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. And welcome back to Quantum Physiques here on RxMuscle.com. As we were just discussing the critical importance of feelings and emotions and tuning in versus tuning out, I have a pretty phenomenal guest on tonight. Her name is Tima Havas, and she is a medical intuitive that helps people heal their own cancer by helping them resolve the energetic and emotional components that contribute to their specific illness. I had a chance myself to talk to Tima and I was very impressed with her approach to handling uh, disease states. And um, from what I understand, she's had a phenomenal track record actually of the 108 clients that sought her care, 106 of them are cancer-free as determined by each client's diagnostic tests and doctor's reports. 80 people have been uh, cancer-free for at least two years and 26 for less than two years. Uh, Tima, just so you know, is a spiritual advisor, a medical intuitive, and a gifted healer who's on a mission to help people overcome cancer and other health challenges. Uh, actually, her story is pretty amazing. So I will cut right into Tima. Tima, welcome to the show tonight. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for the introduction. Yeah, yeah. So um, what is that you would like to hear first? You would like to well, hear my story? I would actually, because you know, uh, you know, the ancient Chinese secret, uh, we all laugh about it, but apparently you did <laughs> go through quite an ordeal chasing down 
this approach you have to, to learning. And I'd like to kind of hear about your own, your own struggle. I mean, really, just be very honest about it because I know you went through a lot. And uh, it's a great, I think it's a great way to introduce um, your, your personal journey and what you can share with people. Yes, definitely. Um, what I like to tell to everyone is uh, I went to hell and back few times in my life, not just once, few times. So uh, it, uh, it started for me 43 years ago back in Hungary because I am from Hungary. I was born 43 years ago and uh, I was born into a very interesting family. What's so interesting about it is uh, one side of my family, which is my mother's side, is uh, very, very, very troubled emotionally. They have every kind of addiction that you can imagine. Nicotine, alcohol, medication, food. And the other side of my family, my father and my father's side of the family is totally the opposite. They are very responsible, very health-oriented, very conscious human beings. So what I realized uh, about uh, at age nine is this. Every people has their opinion and they lead their lives based on their opinion and their belief. So my mother's side of the family was very different. They had thoughts and beliefs about themselves like over 30, your life is over. Over 30, life is terrible. You automatically get overweight. You get sick, ill, and uh, basically this is it. After 30, the life is over. You just stay alive and that's it. And at the same time, my father and my father's side of the family was very, very different. They were very loving, very positive. They thought that life is wonderful. Life is about love. Life is about loving ourselves and loving each other and add value to each other's life. Of course, the both family had the outcome exactly the same what they kept telling to themselves and exactly the same what they believed in. So I realized that at the very young age, my thoughts and beliefs are very important and I made the decision I will be always positive and loving and I knew that I have a hundred percent power over myself and a hundred percent power how I'm going to create my own life. But <laughs> it was very easy to make this decision, but life didn't turn out this way because I had my own challenges. And uh, a reason why I had huge challenges is because uh, I had some kind of ability or talent being able to sensing energy but at the time I had no idea this is what I have I'm sensing energy I just learned that later on but I knew at that time I am very different than other people they don't see things that I do they don't hear and feel things that I do so my experience was about myself I am very different and um, after a while I learned that I have to stay quiet because they have no idea what I am talking about. And I had no idea why we are so different from each other. I didn't understand my own difference and I never met anyone who would be like me. 
So my trouble was I was fully suppressed as a human being and as a woman. And therefore, of course, I had very, very serious emotional issues. I was very, very cynical. I was growing up as a very angry girl and I became a very angry woman and I paid the price for it. At age 21, I was diagnosed with a cervical cancer and uh, a blood disorder and a liver disorder. And therefore, they wasn't able to help me. The doctors weren't able to help me because uh, to them, to be able to help me with one of my issue, it would be very, very dangerous to my other issue. So they just told me that the best thing for me is accept that what it is and try to make my time the best is possible. But I, uh, I, I didn't accept that this because I was growing up without a mother because basically she, she left me and my father when I was six years old. I thought that and I believed that the worst thing on earth can happen to anyone is growing up without a mother. So I didn't have a fear for myself. I didn't have a fear of dying, but I had a few, a huge fear and pain and frustration felt over my children because they have to have to grow up without their mother. So I made a decision and my decision was I'm going to research the subject which is health and illness and I'm going to find that out what's going on with me and if there is a possible chance for me to heal and stay alive I will find that and that's exactly what happened. So I you were married at the time, correct? Yes, I was still with married children. at the time. Okay. With and was your, husband, was your husband supportive of, of this journey? Oh no, not at all. She, uh, I'm sorry, he, he thought that, yes he, he thought that uh, I'm crazy. Because I have this really bad uh, diagnosis, I just went crazy. Okay. <laughs> so he didn't support me at all. Not at all. I had done everything on my own. Everything. Okay. So then go on to the next journey here because this is where, here's where it gets really exciting, right? I mean, uh, this is a pretty interesting story here. Oh, yes, definitely. Back at that time, we didn't have internet in Hungary. No computer, no 24 hours TV, no... Sure no uh, real trustworthy information. I never heard a word before um, holistic remedies, holistic healing, meditation, Buddhism. I never heard these things before. But when I started my journey and I started to research everything in this subject, I find out about these things, they all exist. And uh, I was very, very lucky. I met at first one uh, elderly gentleman who basically became my health and lifestyle consultant. He was like uh, a nutritionist and he taught me that how much important what I eat, diet is very important. Our physical body is the same just like a it doesn't matter what, uh, I'm sorry, it matters a lot what kind of gas you put into your car. And sure, for no. us, 
And for us, it matters a lot what kind of food we put into our body. So I had to learn how to feed myself on the healthy way. I had to give up meat and every animal product. I had to give up uh, white flour, every, every oil, every type of oil, especially um, cooked oil. I had an extremely acidic blood and body. Basically, that's what caused my problem in my blood. So I had to learn the ways how I can alkalize my blood and my whole body. And that was a huge challenge at first because it's very easy to say that, oh, you just have to change your diet. You just have to alkalize your body. But then the challenge comes how you do that on the daily basis. And yes, I had sure. some serious challenges, but I was able to do it. And later on, I was able to meet an other elderly gentleman who was a Tibetan monk. Who lived Tell us in that Hungary. story, Tima. Tell us that story because I know that, you know, the whole idea, if you, if you seek, you shall find. And you really exactly. saw it. You put in a lot of effort. And that's what people don't realize is that it takes effort and work and tell us about your journey your struggle to find this person this sage who really opened up a lot of doors for you into consciousness oh definitely um my number one message to everyone in this subject is whatever need you have there is a help for you you just have to make a decision and take action Making a decision and taking action is extremely important. That's how you create everything to yourself. Never give up on anything. So that's exactly what happened to me. Because I made, my, made up my mind, I am going to find um, a healing method for myself. And because there wasn't internet at that time, basically what I had done, and uh, that was a huge thing back in Hungary because... Uh, Back in Hungary at that time, we had no church, nothing. We had no knowledge about God at all. But because I had a Catholic grandmother, secretly, she taught me about God when I was very little. And she said that to me, listen to me, darling. Whatever, you, whatever problem you have in your life, pray, pray to God and your needs will be answered. So that's exactly what I had done. I prayed hundreds of times every day. I prayed for God to please, please help me. I know, I am certain about that. My children, will, my children are not destined to grow up without their mother. And I promise, I promise to you, God, if you help me, when I will be able to heal, I will do exactly the same thing. I will put myself out to the world and I am going to have hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people to do the same what I had done. And um, I find this wonderful man, this Buddhist monk, Basically, what happened is I heard about him. He lives up on the mountain, but no one knew where exactly he lives. So I had to go and find him for myself. And that's exactly what I had done. I uh, started to walk up on the mountain and I started to pray and sing, hoping that he will hear me. And uh, if he hears me, he will show up. 
and my first day on my first day I was unsuccessful I didn't find him I went back on the next week I was out there all day long I wasn't successful but I didn't stop there. I believed that so strongly I will find him. So I went back on the third day, the third Saturday actually, and that was the day when I did find him. And that was the most beautiful thing I ever seen in my life and the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me. He was sitting on a huge rock, sitting in the so-called yogi position and uh, his eyes was closed, but he knew I am coming. And without opening his eyes, without seeming, seeing me physically, he started to talk to me and he said, come on darling, come sit next to me. And this is how our relationship started. That's great. It, that, it's a great story. Yeah. And, you know, just as far as some, some other proof of the veracity of your story, my martial arts teacher, who was a PhD in Chinese philosophy, used to fight us blindfolded. And um, his teachers, who were from China also, were able to fight opponents much bigger than them. And they could actually predict the movements by feeling somebody's chi. They could actually know ahead of time what was going to happen. And they could react with seemingly magical fighting abilities. These are what magical fighting abilities really are. It's ability to sense chi. And yes. Tima, it's kind of funny because if you look at quantum physics now, the science shows that we all have this innate ability to, in a sense, to see the future. They've done studies, get this, Tima, where they've shown people can actually pick out images on a computer screen done randomly, um, which shows that we all have this intuitive ability. So while you were born with it, other people can develop it actually because it is, like, in a sense, a sixth sense that can be cultivated. You know, yes. so I do think there is some, there's a lot of science behind what you're doing here. This isn't some foo-foo stuff. I want the people to realize that. Exactly. <coughs> exactly. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you no, so no, much, no, it's Ryan. Fine. Now, Timon, another important point. Before the break, we were just discussing, it's, it's amazing that you bring this up because you were saying how you're able to read or feel energy. We were, and I had no idea that's exactly how you were going to describe it. I was just talking about the same thing here, but that on a, on a quantum physics level, light comes in as photons, as energy, and it actually gets transferred into plants through quantum physics into the photosynthetic process that gives us food. And so we live in a sense literally off light, off energy, but also in a more ethereal way, our emotions literally are energy in motion, e-motion. That's exactly the same thing on another dimension. And you are just describing something that is so apropos for what we were just, were just talking about, about being sensitive, about tuning in to feelings and emotions, because by not tuning in, of course, you start the process of disease. Is that not correct? Yes, yes, this is correct. You said it perfectly, Brian. Thank you. That's exactly what's going on. And by the way, um, this uh, wonderful gentleman, we called him Peaches because he always uh, was wearing peach-colored uh, <laughs> clothing. So <laughs> we called him Peaches. And uh, in the last seven years of his life, he wasn't taking any food into his physical body. He was living on, on, on light and source energy. And uh, he offered his body up 
to doctors after his death and uh, I was absolutely um, um, what's the right word to say that um, surprised oh surprised, surprised. Okay. yes because doctors said that he didn't have his uh, digestive system in his body so doctors thought think, thinking that probably because he didn't use them they just kind of kind of kind of disappeared the atrophy so, of course yeah this is unbelievable unbelievable to me i still don't understand that completely <laughs> no i've heard that before actually and believe it or not you know i'm i'm a scientist so i'm very skeptical of all these things but there mm -hmm. are some irrefutable um, you know, stories out there. There's a, a guy in Brazil called João de Deus, God, John of God. And Gary Null, who I had on the show, actually went down there to do a documentary on this guy, John of God. And there was a, a film crew from, I believe, Harvard or somewhere else also that were studying him. And wow. the doctors from Harvard were so shocked at what they saw, um, they, they actually left and didn't even finish the documentary. And what Gary Null said was that this guy is the real deal. And John of God, of course, now is famous all over the world for the ability to get people's tumors out of their body with no tools. He basically will take a rusty pocket knife. I'm, I'm not kidding. A rusty pocket knife and he will cut you open and pull a tumor out of your body and then put his hand on and you will not bleed. And this has been documented many times. If you guys want to Google that, John of God, you'll see. So there is... Again, what stops us from, from understanding these things, and again, I'm a skeptic, but we have to be careful about how limited our beliefs are because they can be the death of us in a sense, right? So I really want you to talk about how our emotions can manifest in diseases like cancer because, for example, Tima, the last time we spoke about Steve Jobs, you were telling me something about him that pancreatic cancer, Brian, is indicative of a certain type of struggle. And then, of course, what happened was I saw on the news that Steve Jobs did have that exact struggle you mentioned. So maybe you might want to start off with Steve Jobs and, and how um, you know, emotions manifest into different types of cancers. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yes, he had a pancreatic cancer and pancreatic cancer about not being able to find the balance, the healthy and loving balance between love and, and, and the job. And that's exactly what happened to him later on. We, we learned that on the news, he, he was struggling because he loved his family so much and he was a very sex successful in what he was doing. But at the end, that was his biggest pain. He felt that he wasn't there enough for his family, especially for his children. That's right. That's and right. That is and sad. My heart is just going out for him and for his family. Well, I mean, yes, you know, Tima, life doesn't end with death. <laughs> that's for damn sure. So there's nothing, I think there's nothing to worry about as far as people and dying. I mean, that's just a one-dimensional way to look at it. But back to Steve Jobs, though, because, you know, the thing you mentioned to me, Tima, I have been picking this up now that I'm aware of it, is that he saw, he was adopted. And he never gave gratitude. He never appreciated his adoptive parents. And his adoptive parents actually, from what I understand, according to his biography, did a pretty good job of taking care of him, actually. But he sought out his real parents for, for no real reason because nothing really happened. And apparently, he went up to his dad and says, hey, I'm, I'm your son. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm your dad. And that was it. So there was some type of energy blockage going on there with him, with family since his childhood that he manifested, of course, later on in life, which, of course, again, probably manifested as, as something related to his cancers, too. 
Yes, definitely. The number one thing is that we all have to know is all our troubles start before age five. Before age five, everything wow. else, everything, yes, everything else, everything. Problem, else. child. We, yes, <laughs> Tima, we just, I just played a, a little clip from a, of a, a song called "Problem Child," and I was just saying how most of us have the child still in us, and we refuse. In a sense, there's this child that has this temper tantrum and refuses to accept something. We can't let go of something, right? And because we can't let go of it, it manifests over and over and over again. And it's just amazing, Tamar, that you're saying these things. So please continue. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, basically what happens is we're supposed to get unconditional love and nothing else in our first five years. But because most of us don't get that, we start to have a feeling of, oh my God, I'm not loved. And we start to. Sure. Yes, yes. So we start to rationalize things why we are not loved. And in many, many cases, we are even told why we are not perfect, what we should change. We should think differently, speak differently, act differently. We should be like this person or that person. We and, should look uh, differently too, right? I mean, the physical oh, culture to course. some degree is based on I don't look good enough the way I am. My natural way is not good enough. And so I need to work out and put on more muscles or get breast implants, right? Or get you know lip injections or Botox or liposuction <laughs> the, or wear high heel shoes because I got to look taller or wear a push-up bra or put on lipstick. I mean, the whole thing. This is the, the, the psychology of, of um, deception. I'm yes, sorry. definitely, ahead, <laughs> definitely. Basically, every one of us is so hungry for love and uh, and being accepted being worthy and that's exactly what we do that's exactly what we do we try to be somebody whose we are not and we most of the time we focus too much on uh, only the physical body and life is a lot more than just a physical body and until we focus on the physical body we don't recognize important things and uh, the, the most important thing is tap into myself, get to know myself, who I am, what I'm capable of, what my gifts and talents are in life and use them, use them to create a difference in, in the world. And when we do that, we feel happy. When we don't do that, we we constantly looking for things outside and, and, and try to get loved. But when we do what we really love to do, what we destined to do, we just completely lose ourselves in, in, in it. We just keep doing it and we feel happy and we feel, feel uh, fulfilled. Sure, sure. Now, if anybody wants to get in touch with Tima, just a quick note that you can reach her and she is open to taking questions and she's got some free gifts as well to offer the listeners. Um, her website right now is on Facebook. You go to facebook.com slash 
Healing Cancer. That's Facebook.com slash Healing Cancer to get more information on Tima and to get some uh, some of her free gifts as well for the listening audience. Tima, do you have any patterns with different types of disease? Like, for example, maybe breast cancer, um, you know, leukemia, colon cancer. Have you, in your experience, seen certain patterns that are, in, are predictive of these types of conditions developing? Yes, definitely. Every time when a, when a person tells me what kind of health challenge she or he has, I know right away what kind of emotional issue or challenge the person is facing. And uh, otherwise, also, when I get to know someone and they don't tell me what kind of uh, physical challenge they have, after a few minutes, they, uh, I start to sense the energy I start to feel their their pattern and I am able to tell what kind of physical challenge they have. And uh, here's here's what my experience is telling me. Breast cancer is about nurturing issue. The woman who has breast cancer has a very serious unresolved issue. Incredible pain when it comes to a subject of nurturing. These okay. women, these women definitely experienced being not loved, not nurtured enough, or nurtured but nurtured on the very wrong way. Wow! So That's they, amazing. they, yes. So they, they developed an incredible pain inside of them when it comes to a subject of nurturing. Sure. And uh, and uh, ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer is about. I have ideas, but I do not like my own ideas. I don't think about them. I try to forget about them, and I do not take action to create them. Wow, that's amazing because as we know... um Ideas are information, and of course, genes are information also. And so the ovaries are where women store their information, their ideas. And so the, the connection you've made there is, is almost, I'm getting goosebumps. So continue to <laughs> lung cancer. <laughs> yes, you are, you are not the first. <laughs> yeah. So lung cancer is about how and how much I take in life. I have a loving idea about life and I am accepting life or I think that life is terrible. I do not like life. I do not like that what's going on in life and I do have a hard time to place myself in the world that is lung cancer. So how would you tease out the data that shows that, for example, smoking contributes to or maybe even is a significant cause of lung cancer um is it people that smoke but don't have an emotional issue around taking in life are they the ones that don't get lung cancer in other words if somebody um you know i'm not really sure what the data shows actually i'm just kind of wondering does lung cancer pop up in people that don't smoke as much i mean uh how do you take out those biological risk factors or factor that in okay um the number one thing is there are so many people who has lung cancer. Some of them is a smoker. Some okay. of them are not. So in, in my opinion and in my experience, lung cancer is not related to being a smoker or not. But it doesn't mean that smoking is good. My first advice to everybody, everybody who comes to see me, 
If you are a smoker, quit smoking because you definitely make your condition worse. Smoking is a bad thing. Don't do that. Take action and do your best to get healthy. Live a healthy lifestyle. And uh, another thing is when it comes to genes, we start out our lives based on genes, what we have. We have to have a life. And genes give us a chance to have a life, build a body for us. But here's what I'm sensing and here's what I know. The older we get, our genes matters less. And our brain, our mind, our consciousness matters the most. So oh, I, I, totally, we, I totally think you're right, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, actually, what I, what I learned from my teacher, Peaches, here's what he said. This is amazing. I still cannot wrap my mind around it. Here's what he said. The more conscious we become about who we are, the longer we live. We die when we don't know the truth. We die when we give up on ourselves and our loving job, our loving destiny on earth. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, there's so much here you're saying. We just were talking about before about entropy. I was just telling the, the audience, Tima, that you can actually feel quantum physics. This isn't some cerebral, intellectual, Einstein, Stephen Hawking in a wheelchair thing. You can actually feel these things. And you, of course, are an intuitive feeler of the quantum physical world, but entropy is a good example how when you're born, your, your DNA, your genes are actually as perfect as they're going to be. You're, you are a perfect organism when you're born. And yes. part of the aging process is actually the creep or the creeping in of what's called entropy, which is a property of the universe. And what entropy mean, basically means is it's the amount of chaos or disorder. You're going back in a sense to the chaos of light. In other words, there's order in your system and disorder is slowly integrating in but of course you can also refute that by being more conscious i mean it's pretty beautiful the dance of the polar opposites here back and forth i mean that's really what the show tries to uh to show people is how, how much magic there is and how much beauty there is in life really yes definitely and um here's here's my explanation for really really uh, understanding what's going on on energy level uh number one everything is energy and with our own thoughts and, and beliefs, we create the energy. And uh, having emotions and feelings are our ability to sense the energy what we create. Whenever we have a feeling, it doesn't matter if it is a positive or a negative feeling or emotion. We always, always have a thought before that feeling. So basically, the thought what we have is a positive or negative, and we create an energy with that thought. And later, we are just sensing that energy. Okay, okay. You know, Tima, just maybe you can help me clarify this, because I always thought yes. that from our subconscious mind, the part of our mind that really runs us, according to science, um, comes our feelings and then as they bubble up into our conscious mind our thoughts then create a story as to why I'm feeling this way so for example I wake up in the morning and maybe I just have a, a feeling of too low serotonin as an example and my, my mind then tells me oh you feel this way because of this so 
I mean, maybe it doesn't really matter what comes first, thoughts or feelings. Um, or do you think it really does? Does, does the order really matter which one comes first? Or am I totally off, off the rocker here? <laughs> well, when, when it comes to an illness and I have to deal with the person who has any kind of health challenge, the number one thing that I deal with is emotion. Okay. I, I talk with them what they feel, how they feel. And the moment they tell me how they feel, I definitely know what kind of uh, thought they have. And after we analyzed their emotions, we are moving forward, which is the thoughts. And I help them to understand their own thoughts. Why are they having these thoughts? And every one of our thoughts is based on certain type of belief what we have. Wow, yes, Basically, very, very good. Basically, beliefs are running our life, lives until we become conscious about it. And the moment we become conscious about it, we can change it. And we can find that out how powerful we are and we can really create a life, what we really, what we really want. But Tima, people will say to, to you, um, I'm conscious of my belief. I believe that uh, for example, um, you know, if, if I don't eat right or exercise or whatever, you know, in other words, I have a certain sense of beliefs and I know they're true. And so, you know, how am I supposed to change that when, you know, I know, for example, that this is how the world is. You know, you can't trust people in business. We live in a dog-eat-dog -dog world as an example. From, I don't know. I'm just throwing one out there. And so you can't trust people as an example, right? Because they're always going to screw you over. So maybe I go through life with that belief. And, and what happens, of course, then is that I'm a very untrusting person. How, how are you going to show me that my, that my belief is wrong, right? <laughs> uh, the number one thing is if you have an issue, financial issue, personal issue, uh, relationship issue, health issue, life is sending you very strong messages. The first message from life is having emotions. But when we don't listen to our emotions, life needs to send us stronger messages. And, uh, <laughs> to wake us and, up, sure, go ahead. <laughs> and here's, here's what happens in life. Whatever kind of thought and belief I have about myself and about other people, I find that and I create that. Whatever we focus on, that's what we see in the world. The moment, the moment when you are willing to accept this, you can, you can try to do a little exercise, you can try that out, um, you just start to changing your, your mind, you start to change your thoughts about certain people and, uh, and you will see the moment you change your, your own thoughts and belief about yourself and about that particular person or about that particular situation, the situation and the person can be experienced for you differently. Differently, yes, yes, differently. very good. So whatever, whatever someone sees in life, it is their choice. Here's, here's one very simple exercise where, what I used to do with my uh, clients. Just look around and look for a color red. 
and everyone who's listening to this interview right now, please do this. Look around, look for any kind of red in the room and count them. One, two, three, four, five, how many you are able to find. You ready? Now close your eyes, please. And tell me how many blue did you see in the room? <laughs> and most of you have no answer, I guarantee for you. And this is how the whole life is. Whatever I am focusing on, that's yes. what I see and that's what I experience. That's this awesome. simple, This simple exercise can shake the hell out of everybody. So please do it and you will no. be amazed. I totally agree. I've always said, whatever you think... You're right. You're always right, no matter what it is. Because, again, taking the model of us being biological robots, we're programmed to a certain thing. So, in a sense, if you're walking in the, in the direction you think is right and you smack into a wall, which people do all the time, right? Deer do it. Everybody does it. You know, no deer runs in front of a car trying to commit suicide. You know what I mean? And I'm, <laughs> I'm using a simplistic example. People don't make mistakes on purpose. They, they do it because at that moment, they were right. They thought they were doing the best thing and they were doing the best thing they could. So, in a sense, even on an emotional level, as you said, Tima, you're always right. But that also means that you can choose something else and that's right also. Because again, and this is a great point, Tima, that you brought up is that in this world, for example, science shows us about 50,000 bits of data coming in at any one point. Our minds are so limited, we can only be aware of about two to 3,000 bits of data. So we use that incoming stream to weave reality. And in our minds, that's quote unquote right. But you know what? There's so much other data out there that if we can stop and become conscious and choose another belief system, then the, da the data supporting that will also come into reality because it's there already anyway. So, for example, choosing to see red or blue. You're, you're totally right. This is, again, all backed by science. It's beautiful. Yes. Yes, and try. Try it for yourself. It is fantastic. And once <laughs> you understand this, you have 100% power Doing this, you can completely change your life. Life, what it is. Life is what it is. But we all have a power and a chance to make a decision. What am I willing to focus on? And what am I willing to create? I can, I can become angry or sad with my, with my family or my neighbor or, or the government. But these things are not helping us. Whatever you see in the world and you don't like, take action. Take action and do something about it. Don't complain. Complain about what is, whatever it is, it's not helping you. Take action. Take action. No, that's great. And Tima, I want to just um, take a step back from taking action. Uh, and talk about something else that's near and dear to my okay. heart. It's it's the practice of, of focus or the practice of presence or as some people want to call it, the practice of meditation. Um, I'm a big fan of stopping taking action to stop the monkey mind, as I call it, the, the chatterbox inside that's always telling you you're not good enough, that you need to go to the gym or stop eating or eat more food or smoke or drink or drive to work or you're late, you're going to get in trouble. My point is stop the insanity of humanity by sitting and doing nothing but focusing on, on the act of doing nothing, in a sense, or on your breath as an example. But maybe 
either you can agree with me or you can share other ways, other methods that people can can tune in, in a sense, and become more aware of their emotions and understand where they originate from and what they mean to them. I 100% agree with you. Here's, 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 what I, here's what I think and here's what I, what I do with myself and everybody else who comes to me as a client. If your life is spinning out of control, the number one thing what you have to do is slow down, stay quiet, just be for a while and let your inner voice show up for you and listen to it. And you, if you stay quiet enough, you will hear it. You will experience it. And when you do, when you do, then you can take action because you can live your life based on action but doing, I'm sorry, stupid things, what you don't really need to do. Or you can be a conscious human being knowing that who you really are and know and do a lot less thing, things but create a lot more, especially a lot bigger value in life. But the only way you can do that, when you slow down at first, get to know yourself, connect with the universe, connect with the earth, connect with source energy, and then you can take action, loving, caring action, and create something beautiful in the world. That's how we can change the world, in my opinion. And it's up to us. Oh, that's a great point. And, you know, uh, Tim, uh, to be honest with you, I don't even care about changing the world. I just want to change my life <laughs> because, you know, the things you said there hit home. I'm in the business of busyness. That's what I do right now. And to tell you the truth, it is really getting stressful. And, you know, all my friends are like, you got to read this book. You got to do this. And, I'm lucky enough, Tima, that I've had experiences connecting with divinity or with source, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm an atheist, so I don't really like to use the word God, but I've connected mm-hmm. with something, as you know. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of walking meditation in the woods. And mm-hmm. so in my heart of hearts, I know that the stress I'm feeling from my business, the busyness, is all about me and my monkey mind, and that the only way for me to solve it is by going not outside, but inside, and reconnecting with source. And so for me, what's really been a salvation is to spend more time meditating, um, and instead of watching TV, for example, I'm actually reading a book now called Zen and the Art of Falling in Love. It's a beautiful book written by some doctor about how you know the art of falling in love is very Zen in nature. And so mm-hmm. I, I just think that what you're saying there, I can't emphasize enough how much it's important for everybody to take 10 or 20 minutes a day and instead of you know tuning out of their life by watching tv or getting drunk tune in to what's really going on tune into that emptiness inside because the emptiness is actually it's not nothingness it's everythingness inside believe it or not you've been tricked to think it's nothingness the emptiness inside but it's actually where the everythingness resides (laughs) yes definitely Definitely. That's why most most uh, of us looking for things outside because they think that there's nothing inside, but everything is there. Everything, everything what we need, what we really need. 
Oh, that's great. Tima, what other things do you work with besides cancer? For example, um, weight, people trying to lose weight. That's a big issue in, in this world today. People are obviously overeating. There's a lot of, of depression going on in a sense, and people are self-medicating by themselves by eating too much food. Um, do, is there any, any kind of pattern you see there or any, any, any suggestions you have for people trying to lose weight? Yes, definitely. The number one thing is they try to get love. And because they don't know any better, this is their best connection to get love, eating, that's what they do. Every time when they have any emotional issue, they turn to food and they have a feeling of they are not able to control their hunger, but their hunger truly isn't physical, it is spiritual. They are craving something in their life, what they don't have. That's a great point. I mean, I've always said the same thing to everybody is that, um, you know, for example, if, if you're seeking something, why are you seeking that when if you thought about it, you realize what you're actually seeking is but, is but a, a fraction, right? A reflection of what you're really seeking. In other words, the, I don't want to sound like I'm spiritual or religious because I'm really not, but there's only <laughs> one thing we all seek. I mean, you know, Tim, I always say, what's the purpose of hot? If you think about this, it sounds so simple, but the purpose of hot, hot has no purpose but cold. Hot has no direction in this universe but to go to cold. And so using that same simplistic logic, life has no purpose but death in a sense or whatever purpose you want to call it. But my point is, I did a whole show on death, Tima. My point is here is that death is not death. It's actually another word for death is God or meditation because as Eckhart Tolle says, the secret in life is to die before you die and realize death doesn't exist. And so my point here is that what we're really seeking every moment is to let go of each moment, is to say, ah, I've done what I had to do in that moment, right? I did my set of weights because everybody here lifts weights, Tima, is I've done my set of weights and I can, in a sense, I can die to that moment. And I think that when you realize you're really seeking a connection with divinity, you seek less, Tima, those external sources that are just reflections of that. Um, what I'm really seeking is not exactly the last. What I am seeking is the right thing. Because life is beautiful. I love life so much. And uh, I don't think so much about, about that. I know that from experience there is a life after life. But until we are here... Until we get got the gift of life, it is our responsibility to bring the best out of out of ourselves and do the best what we can. Yeah, no, no, I definitely think you're right, and I, I don't mean death in the sense people should actually commit suicide, but I mean death in the sense that you want to weaken or lessen the stranglehold that your mm -hmm. ego has on your life because my point here is that people confuse life with their ego with their attachment to things right but the yes. Zen masters were very alive but they were very detached from everything Lao Tzu writes the greatest love seems detached Lao Tzu writes thus 
She is serene in the midst of sorrow. Because she has given up helping, she is the people's greatest help. There's a paradox that the, see, the intellectual mind will look at this and say, wait, what do you mean? She's given up helping, yet she's the people's greatest help. The greatest love seems attached. Most people think of love, Tima, as being very attached. I love my kids. I love, I'm so attached to this pizza. I love pizza. I love my children. But I, th- I think, Tima, what you're trying to get at is a sense of love that is, in a sense, not so much from the ego and from attachment, but from the pure beauty of being detached and welcoming all things, good and bad. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Great. So, Tima, just another quick question I want to ask you, actually. One of okay. my listeners uh, wrote in here. Uh, let me just see if I can find this, actually. He wants to know what action people can take to gain love and to stop turning to food. <laughs> <laughs> well, the number one thing is they That's have to. Com. Not just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> they they have to start to work on themselves, really find themselves. They have to have to be able to love themselves, and here's how they can do that. They can make a list about those things what they like about themselves and another list what they do not like about themselves and they will experience that the things what they don't like that list is very very long compared to the loving things and uh, here's what they can do after that start questioning all those things that they are not liking about themselves. Questions like, this is really what I think or I heard this from somebody else. I just adopted this idea. And slowly, every idea that they adopted from somebody else in life will fall apart. Just they will fall out of the picture and they will they will find themselves with their own truth, what they really think about themselves. And uh, my advice for them is this, every good things that you find about yourself, express it on the big way. And that's how you will love and respect yourself even more. And that's how you can show your true self to other people and they will like you too. That's great advice, Tima. You know, one thing I want to touch upon here because obviously we live in a world where physical appearance is important. We can't deny that. And so we are of this world and we have to, in a sense, play the game, right? This is the game of life. Um, how do you balance that, Tima? How does somebody who is concerned about how they look and, you know, is maybe in the gym, maybe too much, they're not really sure. Maybe they're, they're, they're eating too little or they're, or they're doing the anorexia thing or the, the vomiting thing or whatever. There's a new thing on TV called drinkorexia. Believe it, get this, Tima. <laughs> College students now especially oh. women, they're, they're cutting their calories with food so they can drink more alcohol because they don't want to get fat and they want to keep their bellies looking thin. There's a new thing out, new, a new trend called drinkorexia. I swear to God, I saw this on TV last night actually where they're actually not eating so they can drink their calories and look skinny. So my point is people are really concerned with how they look, of course. 
but where is the line between where it's healthy, Tima, and where it becomes, in a sense, uh, a manifesta- a potential manifestation of, of a disease state or an emotional sickness? Can you help me uh, clarify that? Um, yes, we can do that. We can try that. The number one thing is these women who doesn't, who don't willing to take calorie, but they want to drink. Here's my question to them: Why are you drinking? What do you get? What do you experience when you are drinking? And why are you not experiencing those things when you are not drinking? And uh, Here's my my experience and my idea about that. They have so much false belief about themselves. They have negative beliefs about themselves, how they should act, how they should speak. And because they keep telling these things to themselves, they are not able to relax. They are not able to be happy. They are not able to accept themselves. So they need to drink so they can can uh, they are relax. able to sure. yeah. they, they are able to relax and and let go their own control about themselves yes, that's why they are drinking letting that's go why. Just like we talked so, about, right? Letting go. Yes. Again, it's all about letting go. And most of us yes. can't let go. And so we need drugs or alcohol or food yes. or something to yes. help us self-medicate or self-mediate our feelings in a sense. You're right. Yes. That's a great, great, great point, actually. Yes. But, you know, I, I Tima, don't know. go ahead. I don't know if I am able to say this on radio or not, but here's what I'm saying to myself and to my own children and their friends and even to my clients. Listen, if you have problems, just let the bullshit go and you will be happy because you are perfect just the way you are. If you don't like that, who you are right now, you are maybe overweight or you think whatever it is about yourself, those things are just ideas about yourself. Let them go. And the moment you let those things go, they will change for you. They will disappear. It sounds so easy, but unless you practice, right? It's not yes. that easy, unfortunately. I mean, again, Tima, the intellectual mind, people listening with their minds right now, they get what we're talking about. In a sense, all of us already have the answers. We already kind of know what the answer is. But yet, when we put down the radio or we get back into our life, we go back onto autopilot and we don't take the right action. We don't really know what to do in a sense, right? So, And that's, again, where I think the practice of presence really helps. You have to practice being being present so you can bring that present presence into your life yes and the practice starts with choice i have a power to make a decision and every one of you who is listening right now has a power to make a decision what am i focused on and do that this this is, this is what we have to practice basically um yes. direct our focus back on the right thing and and not let other people from outside of us or or radio or TV or whatever it is influence us on the bad way. Listen to yourself. You know that and you feel that what's right for you and what not. And do not follow certain things just because your neighbors do. No, that's a great point. Great, great point, Tima. I mean, Eckhart Tolle talks about, um, as, as you just said right there, you know, we are in a sense 
uh, biological robots. We're on autopilot for the most part. When we're back in the matrix of existence, Tima, we kind of don't have a choice. We don't really have free will because this is the world of cause and effect. This is the domino series going on ad nauseum. But Eckhart Tolle says, and, and Christ said it in Buddha, and I'm sure Tima, you would agree, is that choice comes when you can wake up in the moment, when you can, in a sense, become present. And as Eckhart Tolle says, it isn't about how long you can stay present. It's about how many times during the day. In other words, it's tough to stay awake, people. Trust me, everybody... Your natural inclination is to go back to sleep. In the Matrix, the whole world was asleep, right? But it's about how many times you can keep waking up because, as you would agree, Tima, the waking up process gives you the ability to make choices, to choose your beliefs, and to rewrite the script or the program of your very life. Yes. Yes. Great. Tima, one last question before we go. I know we've talked a long time. and It's been a great interview, actually. But again, physical culture, our listeners here, how can exercise or maybe improper exercise contribute to disease states? You know, I think a lot of guys, especially that are, that are in there and they want to push heavy weights. I'm not saying it's healthy or unhealthy. I really have no idea to some degree. But I'm just kind of wondering, you know, I see, I see some girls in my gym. They're in there all the time working their abs like six, seven hours a day. It's like obsessive. And I'm not saying it's healthy or unhealthy. To me, it seems excessive. But do you have any feeling or, or anything to share about how exercise or can both help or hinder the, the healthy, the healing process? Yes, definitely. Exercise is very important. Whatever we have, we have to use it. We have to maintain it. We got the physical body, so we have to love it. We have to take care of our body. We have to maintain it. So yes, exercise is very important. But here's what happens in the body when you over-exercise. Acid huge acidic problem in your body not just in your muscles but in your whole body over exercise can make your body a lot more acidic than than any other acidic food out there so be careful with exercise by the way this is one of the reason why certain people are not able to lose weight because sometimes they over exercise themselves And here's how the body deals with acid. The body is able to create fat even when we don't put fat in there. So the body creates fat so we'll be able to to store the acid in the fat. So number one thing, alkalize your body. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I never, I've never heard that before, but that definitely is, uh, is some great insight. I will look into that myself. I'm very curious about that. Um, once again, Tima, if people want to get in touch with you, I know you have our, our free teleseminars that you give out and you also have our, you know, a reader Q&A session. A lot of people out there, everybody knows somebody that has cancer or some kind of disease. Um, your website, again, is on Facebook, right? It's facebook.com slash healing cancer. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. Okay, that's great. So once again, I want to thank Tima for joining us. This has been Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. Stay tuned next week for another awesome show. Quantum Physiques with Brian Cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the holy grail of health, fitness, lifestyle, and success. And you'll hear Quantum Physiques every Wednesday evening only on Rx Muscle.